Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And Paul tells us here in 2 Corinthians, he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say that together. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say it one more time. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And so the opposite of faith is sight. Your five physical senses are the opposite of faith. And as you walk by faith, understand that you're going to have to walk contrary to sight. You're going to have to walk uh, differently than you walk with your five physical senses. You're going to have to believe something that you cannot see. You're going to have to grab a hold of something that doesn't meet the criteria of your physical senses. Walking by faith means you're going to walk in, in the invisible realm, in the realm where God is, and you're going to be able to see from your heart what God sees about your situation versus what you see about your situation or about what Pookie and Ray Ray or anybody else sees about your situation. You're going to have to see it the way God sees it. And that is walking by faith. Uh, a walk means there's going to be a step-by-step process that you're going to take one step at a time. It's not a leap of faith. It's not a jump of faith. It is a walk of faith. And so it's going to take one step at a time. And if you've walked with God for any amount of time, you understand he really only gives you one step at a time. He, he rarely gives you 17 steps and then you follow these 17 steps and then there you go. Matter of fact, they say some of the most read material uh, around is those that give you steps. Uh, I write, you guys know I write blogs and I send them out every week. And if you want to subscribe to it, DevonAlexander.com and you can get my weekly blog. But they tell us in blog writing that uh, in your title, put steps, seven steps to this, four steps to that. People will read steps. People want steps. But when you're walking by faith, you're not going to get seven steps. You're not going to get 14 steps or 10 steps. You're going to get step one. And what is step one? And if you don't do step one, you're not going to receive step two. And so walking by faith requires you doing what God says to do. Matter of fact, faith is acting on what you believe you've heard from God. That's what faith is. You're going to act. Faith is an act. Faith is a verb. Faith is going to act on what you believe you've heard from God. When you are walking by faith, you are going to have to get a word from God and you're going to have to act on that word from God. If you just receive a word but don't act on it, you're simply assenting mentally to what God has said. And you may agree mentally to that word, but if there is no corresponding action to what you believe God has said, then that is not faith. Matter of fact, that's just simply belief. I believe it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. And scripture tells us demons even believe, but they tremble. And so the difference is we're going to act on what we believe. Faith is an act. Say that. 
Faith is an act. You have to do something that is corresponding with what you have heard from God. Now, conversely, faith is not just doing something because you're tired of waiting or just doing something because you made something up to do or doing something out of your own five physical senses or you you wrote down a pros and cons list and you decided there are more pros than cons. So I'm going to do this. That's not faith. That's really walking by sight. When you're walking by faith, God is going to require you to do something that most of the time doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I want to talk about that in the few, but when you're walking by faith, you are going to make decisions that are very uncomfortable. You're going to make decisions that are very scary and unknown because you are stepping out by faith based on what God has said, not based on what you've come up with but based on what God has said, and that is the walk of faith. And so Paul tells us we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by what we see going around. We don't make decisions by what we see. We don't make decisions by the bank account. We don't make decisions by uh, how much um, energy we have. We don't make decisions by, you know, how many clothes we have or how many friends we have or so on and so forth. You make decisions because God has said it. And because God has said it, then you are able to act out what God has said. Somebody shout, I walk by faith. Come on, say it louder. I walk by faith. Now, I want to give you an example in Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And we're going to give you an example of someone who walked by faith. Watch this. It says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Look at verse 2. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse four, just the first three words of verse four. So Abraham departed. Abraham departed. So let's back up here. The Lord tells Abram to get out. Somebody shout, get out. He tells him to leave the comforts of his family, leave the comforts of his home, to leave the comforts of what he's used to, to familiar territory, familiar people, familiar surroundings. And he tells him to get out. And he also tells him when you get out, I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. Somebody must believe that that is walking by faith right there. Abram is hearing from the Lord and the Lord says, get out, but I'm not going to tell you where I'm going. I'm not going to tell you where I'm taking you. I'm not going to tell you which direction to go. I'm telling you to leave this land. And once you make that step, then you'll hear the next step. And I don't know if you know this, but it is hard to leave the familiar. 
It is hard to leave the comfortable. It is hard to leave surroundings that you are so used to and involved in and you've invested in and you've planted in and you've seen fruit in. It is hard to leave comfortable surroundings, but we've got to be like Abraham if we're going to walk by faith and we're going to have to get out. And I love this part where he says, uh, five times the Lord says this in these first four verses, five times. He says, I will. The first one, he says, I will show you. That's good news. Then he says, I will make you a great nation. Then he says, I will bless you. And then he says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And I like what he also said, you shall be a blessing or you shall be a source of good. To others, you shall be a blessing. You'll be a source of good to others. But five times the Lord tells Abraham what he will do once Abram does his part. Once you get out, then this is what I will do. But far too often we wait for God to do these things. Then we obey God. Well, if I just had enough money, then I will obey God. Well, you ain't never going to have enough money because you got to obey God first And then he will provide the money. Well, if I just had a little more time, I would start that business. You'll never have a little more time. Go ahead and get started on what you're getting started on now and watch God provide. And I was thinking about my life in particular, my life. Now, I want to I want to let you know this boldly and I'm going to have you repeat this after me. But I am a faith filled, bold, risk taking leader. That's my confession, praise God. I am a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. Now say this out to me. I am a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. That's what you are. And over the last several months, I've been just looking at some things and believing God for some things. And those of you that are worshiping with us at home and those of you here today, I I told you I was going to make an announcement today and we'll get to that towards the end. But I want to provide some examples in my life. And if you had a microphone, I know you could provide examples in your life as well. But I remember living in Fort Worth, Texas, working for a company called The Home Depot. And Home Depot, I enjoy working for the Home Depot. I was making good money. They were trying to get me to be an assistant manager. Side note, I think that's probably one of the hardest jobs in that entire company, by the way, assistant manager. Very difficult job. But they wanted me to be an assistant manager. I had one employee of the month three, four, five times while I was there. Had a good career at Home Depot. It was great. And the Lord said, I want you to leave Home Depot and I want you to go work for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Well, Kenneth Copeland Ministries wasn't going to pay me the same amount of money that Home Depot was paying. But I heard from the Lord, leave Kenneth Copeland Ministries and go work for Home Depot. I'm sorry, leave Home Depot and go work for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Some of y'all heard that the other way around because you're following the money. And so I thought, man, they're not offering me as, as much money to go work for this ministry as I'm working and earning at Home Depot. And the Lord told me to do it. He essentially told me, get out. Get out. I I finally put my notice in and I let the management know that I'm going to leave and I'm going to work in a ministry. Um, They did what I didn't think they would do. We will give you more money to stay. Now, if you're being led by money, what would you do? You would stay. 
But I had a word from God, leave here and go work for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Well, bless God, because I am a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. I left Home Depot and I went to work for Kenneth Copeland Ministries, making less money. But the investment I got serving that ministry is tremendous and still working in my life today. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. I was living in Fort Worth, Texas. Single man living in Fort Worth, Texas. Felt like my time was up. In Fort Worth, the Lord uh, told me to get out of Fort Worth. And he led me through, if you know my story, through a lot of uh, unique situations and examples and illustrations. He led me to Charlotte, North Carolina. So here I am, no promise of a job, no promise of a place to live. All I knew was a pastor in town who had a church and I was going to go serve him and that church. And the Lord said, get out of Fort Worth and go to Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, I had a lot of questions. Uh, people that loved me had a lot of questions. What are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you doing that? Why don't you stay here with me? I mean, you're going to go out there and fall flat on your face. I mean, you're going to be back within the year. You're going you're gonna to return and it's going to be difficult and so on and so forth. Well, because I'm a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. Come on, somebody. I left Fort Worth, Texas, packed up my 1997 Honda Accord with all of my clothes. A friend of mine rode out with me, 18-hour drive. We got to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I will never make that drive back to Texas again. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're here. Now, God didn't tell me that when you got here, you were going to get promoted in, in, in a Fortune 500 company. You were going to make a lot of money. You were going to meet your wife. You are going to have fun. He didn't tell me all that. He just said, get out. Somebody shout, get out. He said, get out and go. And therefore, we left. I was I owned a home in Charlotte over some time. I bought my first home. Then I married Stacy. We moved in together. I said I got married first and then we moved in. Let me say it again. I got married first and then we moved in together. Just in case you didn't hear what I said. So I got married first. Then I moved her in to the home. Our family started growing. She was like, we need a new home. I agreed. This was during the Great Recession, right around 2008 through 2012 or so. We, uh, we said, okay, let's go look for a home. Well, she said, let's go look for a home. She went and looked. I said, we're not buying a home. She's like, well, I'm going to go look. Well, go look. Oh, go look. But we're not buying, right? We're not buying. Go look. She goes to look. We, we, we go to this model home. She asked me to come because I'm a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking, loving husband, father. I came because she asked me. And I went, looked at home. As soon as I walked in the model home, I, I sensed in my spirit we were supposed to buy the model home. I sensed that in my spirit. And I told the lady, her name is Kim. We, we still talk to Kim today. I said, Kim, I want to buy this model home. Well, after I slept on all that stuff, I called her back. And she was like, we can't buy the model home, but we can make a home just like it. I said, make one just like it. Now, understand, I, I lived in, the, in a smaller home. I owed money on that home. I began to pray. And the Lord said, I want you to buy the new home. Everything in my head said, don't buy the new home. Everything um, uh, in my toes and my, 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 everything in my neck. I started having pain in the back of the neck and, and said, don't, don't buy this new home. I mean, you already owe money on this home. We had got pre-qualified and we could own both homes and everything told me don't buy it. Even if I, when I talk to friends, don't buy this home. Right. But the Lord told me and it was confirmed with her when we talked about it. We're supposed to proceed and buy the home. 
I still don't recommend anybody do this. You heard me, right? I don't recommend you do this, but we signed the papers and we got into that new home while still having a home. So I'm owning two homes and have to make two payments. I don't recommend anybody to do this. But as soon as I signed the new deal to get in that home, my parents called that same week and said, we're moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we need a place to stay. You do? Don't look no further. I got a home right here that you can stay in. Come on, somebody. Come on. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. And because and, and I'm trying to show you something here. They moved in the home. They ended up staying at home for a while. We were in our home. Then they ended up building their own home. We ended up selling that home. And now watch this. If I were to sell that home before I bought the new home, I would have had to eat about twelve thousand dollars because everything was upside down. We were in a recession when I sold and they moved out. And we sold. We made thousands of dollars on the home. Come on, somebody. The Lord knows what he's doing. When he says get out, he means get out. Many of you know I was working for a Fortune 500 company, making six figures, doing very well. I was the number one sales rep. That, that the year before I left, I was the number one sales rep uh, in that area on the East Coast, albeit. And uh, the Lord said, I want you to go into ministry. Well, ministry is not paying $100,000. The Lord said, I want you to go. Conferred it with my wife. She's like, you know what? We got to obey God. I said, okay. I said, I agree. The Lord's telling us to go. Go into ministry full time. People were telling me, why don't you do both? I don't recommend this either. If you have any question about if God's going to take care of you, then stay at your job. Stay there. If there's any any question, if God's going to take, stay there. But the Lord said, I'll need you to leave this job and I need you to trust me that I'll take care of you in ministry. My wife, she says, uh, let's do this. But the only requirement I have is, can I still get my hair done? I said, we will find a way to allow you to still get your hair done. We'll find a way. Even if I have to fast, we'll find a way. Even if we have to sell one of our kids. No, I'm just joking. And so I, I leave that six-figure paying job, resign. They thought I was crazy. What are you doing? Why don't you do both? They, they end up thinking I was lying. They end up walking me out. As soon as I hand in my two-week notice, they looked at me and security was at my desk. Uh, I'm like, what's going on? It's time to go, Mr. Alexander. It's time to go. I, I got two weeks. No, it's time to go. It's what? what is time to, because they thought that I was going to a rival company and I was going to steal all the clients. I was going to ministry. I'd never heard that before. You leaving to go into to pastor a church? I mean, what about all this money that you're leaving on the table? I was asking the same questions. What about all this money I'm leaving? But I had a word from God. The word said, Go go. We were in the band room. When I was in the band room, the church, True Life Fellowship Church, we were in a stinky, smelly, musty, you remember that, Drew? Band room with unclean teenagers that uh, (laughs) we could just smell their residue every Sunday. And the Lord said, I want you to get into this building that we're in now. Uh, in the band room, we were paying 
I can't remember, but it was really, really cost effective. But I do remember to get this building, we would have to multiply whatever we were paying by four. Our bank, our, our, my accountant, my bookkeeper, he started with me. He's still with me today. Faithful man of God. He's still with me. He said, pastor, do not make this decision. <laughs> it's four times the amount. It just makes sense to stay in this band room. Keep setting up and tearing down. It made sense to me too, to stay. When you look at the bank account, just stay, just stay. But the Lord said, I need you to get into this facility. And at the time, it wasn't four times. There was a wall in here, and we were only going to get one side, and it was half. And the Lord said, on August 11, 2012, at 2.45 in the morning, he said, tear down the wall. So anytime you're walking by faith, you better know that God is talking to you. And if you, and if you want to get serious, you will write down the day and the time. Because the enemy is going to tell you God didn't say that. What did the enemy tell Eve? Did the Lord really say? Well, if you didn't write it down, you wouldn't even remember what the Lord said. But when the enemy kept telling me, did the Lord really say get that building? I would go back to my journal. At the time it was a journal. Now I got the notes app on the phone. But I would go back to the journal and I would say, the Lord said, get into this building and tear down the wall. Well, that meant doubling the rent in this facility, four times the amount. Because I'm a bold, faith-filled, risk-taking leader. Or I'm going to say it the way I want you to remember it. Because I'm a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. Say it with me. I'm a faith-filled, bold, risk-taking leader. We stepped out. We secured this building. And we have never missed one payment on the building. Not one time. Not one time. It got close one time. Got really close. They said, I want our knees praying. Lord, provide for your church. You're going to embarrass yourself if you can't make this payment. Because I'm going to tell everybody, we, we just didn't have the money. God didn't provide it. And we got a call. I'll never forget, we were so close and we were praying. And we got a call from a man out of the blue and just said, the Lord told me to pay the rent on the building. How much is the rent? I said, glory to God. Now, this person lived in another state. I said, glory to God. Uh, FedEx it. Get it here quick. But we'll, we'll put it, we'll apply it right to, the, right to the payment. Glory be to God. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. Now, Exodus 14, 15. Exodus 14, 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, Exodus, real quick, Exodus simply means we getting out of here. There's a departure taking place. There's an exit happening and we are getting out of here. And the whole I encourage you to go back and read the whole book of Exodus. It is so supernatural how God delivered his people miracle after miracle after miracle. Matter of fact, we just read in Genesis 12 where where God told Abram, I will, I will, I will, I will and I will. And we see it happen in Exodus. All of the miraculous signs that God does to get them out of bondage and deliverance and from their comfort zone and from their uh, familiarity and from their family and what they were used to. I mean, they had been there 400 plus years. A lot of them wanted to stay. Why? They were they were in bondage, beaten, whipped, abused, their children being killed. And they wanted to stay because it was comfortable. It was familiar, and most people are scared of something new. Most people are scared of advancing, and most people are scared of going forward. 
We want to stay in our comfort zone. And so here, the, the, Moses has led, by the, by the word of the Lord, the children of Israel, about three million of them, they are headed towards the Red Sea. The, the Pharaoh's army is behind them, pursuing them to kill all of them. And they're going towards an impossible situation, the Red Sea. What are they going to do when they get to the Red Sea? I mean, just stand there and get killed by the Egyptians that are coming or just drown in the Red Sea. And Moses is crying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord says, I've already spoke to you. We want, I want you to head this direction. So he's like, stop praying to me. Tell the children of Israel to do what? Huh? Huh? Go forward. To go. Like he told Abram, to get out. To Moses, he says, go forward. And going forward is scary. Going forward is uncomfortable. Going forward is unknown. And most people are paralyzed. And they stay in situations that God doesn't want them to be in. He's got more for you. He's got better for you. He's got the best for you. But because you've gotten comfortable in a situation, then you no longer have the drive to go forward. Or maybe you blame your age. Well, I'm too old to go forward. You're never too old. Moses got started at 80. Abram got started at 75. So it was time for him to leave his father's house. I mean, he had been there far too long. And so go forward. Go forward. Don't let your age stop you. Don't let your energy stop you. Don't let your bank account stop you. Write that book. Sell that product. Buy that product. Start that business. Go on that trip. Go forward. Marry that man. Marry that woman. Why are y'all still dating in my, for th- 23 years? It may be time. Just, just maybe time to go forward. Just go forward in that. Go forward. But because of fear, we're, we're paralyzed. And the Lord spoke to me in November of 2021 about 2022. And you remember the word he gave us? He said, go forward, accelerate and make room for the new in 2022. Y'all remember that? And we've been talking about it. Uh, we, we've got stuff around the church about it. We've got stuff online. I blog about it. Go forward, accelerate, and make room for the new in 2022. And I've been thinking about that word because when I first heard the word go forward, accelerate, and make room, I got really, really excited. Like, yes, until I realized that going forward may mean some people may not go with me. It may mean that some people I, I thought would be with me, some circumstances that are around, they, they, they may not go because I got to go ahead and go forward and they may not come. Accelerate. I thought, woo, we're going to go faster until I realized I can't really control the speed of things. I can control the direction, but not the speed. God is the one that's going to control the speed. So when I realized that, I started to get, I get a little nervous because, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to go faster than I'm built to go. But when God says, I want to accelerate the process, then you just hold on and let God do what he's going to do. And then he said, make room for the new. That means we're going to have to move some things and push it out of the way. We're going to have to get rid of some things and make room. If, if, if you're believing God for a new vehicle and your garage is cluttered, it's time for you to make room for what you believe in God for. 
And so these things started to come to my attention that, okay, when I first heard it, it was like, hallelujah. Now I'm hearing it like, oh, wow, God, you're going to ask us to get out of our comfort zone. You're going to ask me and our church to move some things around so that we can go forward, accelerate and make room for the new. And we understand that this can be scary, unknown and uncomfortable. In Luke chapter 12, let's look at verse 16. Luke chapter 12. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 16, verse 12. Luke chapter 16 and verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another's man's, who will give to you what is your own? If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who would give to you what is your own? You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.